they still need to have that connection to and that need almost to mm. being creative mm. even if it might be not necessarily within your main art form but it's that need to still be creative or at least that's definitely true for me anyway yeah Hello and welcome to the Chosen Daughter podcast. I'm Maz O'Connor, a singer and a songwriter, and this podcast is a series of conversations that I recorded with artists about their work, their process and creativity in general. In this episode, I'm talking to Anarita Mazali, who is a dance artist and also a visual artist. Some of you might already know that I am very passionate about dance and I've been taking ballet and contemporary dance classes since I was a little kid. And Anarita is actually my dance teacher, <laughs> so it was a little bit funny um, to talk to her uh, like this and interview her, but I really learned a lot and I hope you will enjoy it. Um, it's, uh, it's funny to um, talk to you as, as a choreographer rather than a dance teacher, because yeah. <clears throat> you've been teaching dance for a long know, time. few years now. Yeah. 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 So it's really nice to get to talk about your process today. Great, yes. Um, so can you just tell us, for anybody that doesn't know, what you, who you are and what you do? Okay. So, <laughs> Which yeah. is probably the hardest question. Who are it you? It is. Why? What, what do you do? Do you do? <laughs> um, well, uh, well, my name is Anarita Mazzilli. Um, I'm a choreographer, but recently I realised that I probably should say that I'm a dance artist. Oh, okay. What's the difference? Well, I feel, because that kind of... Uh, compile all the different things I do so because even though I do choreograph but I also do teaching organize workshops uh, organize events the ability to dance and I feel that's kind of what I do really I I wouldn't want to say I'm just a choreographer also I perform myself Mm -hmm. for other people still um, and you do kind of dance in community work, yeah, which is almost like an animator but for dance. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so it's quite weird because actually I was recently talking to a colleague of mine at work and he just said to me, oh, you're an entrepreneur, aren't you? And I was like, oh, I never thought about that, you know, just because he was saying, yeah, you create all these opportunities oh, for yeah. events and like you're getting your students involved in festivals, activities, or you have ideas and you try to develop them. Mm. Of course, they're all kind of related to dance. That's why I would say, uh, yes, I'm a choreographer, but I also do dance-related things. And that's why probably saying I'm a dance artist, that kind of maybe suits me best. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Did you, um, when you, because you came to London to train as dancer. Did yeah. You, did you um, plan on being a choreographer? No, not at all. No? I was quite, you know, naive in a sense. Well, no naive, I just thought I'm just going to be a dancer, work for lots of choreographers, tour, perform on lots of venues, lots of stages. I, I enjoy creating movement, but more as a, a dancer working for other people, so they would tell me, oh, can you make something up for that? And then I would do it, and I would, I would enjoy doing that, going through that process of creating movement. Um, but I never thought I would actually make stuff on my own. Yeah. That came a little a lot later. Okay, and then and then the, the dance artist stuff, so the stuff that 
Um, I've been involved in as well. Yeah, that came even later. That came even later than that. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, cool. yeah. So, yeah. so it's been a real journey, development, a yeah. development, and it's kind of, and it keeps changing all the time. Yeah. You know, even like recently when I, I'm kind of now starting to do some more visual artwork, that even though it's been there all my life, I never thought I would actually do something with it. Yeah. There's not just me yeah, doing so a visual work yeah. at home. You okay, know. so that's. Um, that's a lot of cool stuff that you do there. But, um, yeah, so let's just I know, sorry. <laughs> no, so no, anyway. <laughs> no, it's great. I'm, I'm just trying to kind of pull out the, the strands and, and see yeah. the kind of each one. So yeah, like, yeah. You mentioned that you started doing visual art recently. Yes. Um, which is, do you use paint? I've never seen no, paint No, no, drawings. Uh, it's pen, pencils, and recently I've started to experiment a bit with watercolours. Okay. So we'll come back to that. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, that's something that, that you that's always super had new. from a child, but then recently have started doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and your main thing is that the right language for is is being a dance artist? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's is my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Passion. passion. Well, even though I'm becoming quite passionate about the drawing as yeah. well, but no, I would say you know even in the description of my art, you know, bio thing is I do say that I'm a choreographer dance artist by trade. Right. And alongside that, I do the visual art. Okay. I think there's, there's a lot to talk about there, about kind of what is, what is the relationship between those two things, yeah. um, which we'll come back to. Sure. Um, so let's start by talking about um, when you um, first started making art or getting involved in the arts. Do you remember the first time? Was it Was it dance first or was it drawing or...? Something else, because you. Oh, we're talking about like really, back, really early, yeah, really early stage. Okay. Do you have like a first memory of making something, whatever it was. Or? Yeah, well, it was definitely more the visual art, because uh. my father is a, a sculptor, is an artist, and um, so I've always enjoyed drawing and uh, yeah, and just basically that was the main thing. And actually, mm. I thought that would be the thing I would do as a grown up. You know, to be an artist. Okay, so that was something that very early. Barely, you, barely, yeah, you knew yeah. It was a thing. It yeah. wasn't like you didn't think. I suppose if your dad's an artist, then you know that. It's yeah, because I'd be in his uh, studio. I'd be there, doodling and doing my own thing while he was making his artwork, and you know, and yeah. So he's always been there. Yeah. Um, Did he teach you, show you anything, or did he? Oh yeah, yeah. He would show me how to do things, but he was never really imposing on me. So it was just like. Here I have some clay, play, do stuff. And it was only later, maybe when I got a bit older, then I actually asked the questions, how do you do this? Then it yeah. kind of explain to me. And I mean, I've helped him a little bit with some of his commissions sometimes, as I was a bit older, I would help him. A bit. As an assistant? Yeah, just a little bit. What yeah. does that mean? Well, when he was making his um, sculptures, for instance, or his portraits of people, uh, sometimes he would have to make the casts for it before he could then do the bronze version of it. Yeah. So I would help him with the mixing of the okay. mold and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and did were there did you have an awareness that that was quite different as a child? Or in your community in your town was that did you know other artists? Was it normal or um, I never I, I guess I never felt yeah, I felt it was normal, yeah, because it was so engraved in, into my growing up experience. Yeah, I didn't feel it was particularly weird or different. Or yeah, because you know. I'd say that's something that I 
notice about you compared to um, some other people that are doing artistic things that I know is that you have a great kind of naturalness to it seems like you're very relaxed in a way and comfortable yeah. about making things and yeah, um, I guess I, we can talk about that further yeah. down the line yeah, it's, yeah. that's definitely something I've noticed about you and, and I find it interesting that as a child it was, it was normalised whereas I think a lot of people growing up they're the only artist in the family uh-uh. um, and they don't know that it's a job yeah, well, I knew it was a job straight away. Yeah. I mean, as soon as you, you know, when you get reached the age, because obviously yeah. my dad was making a living out of that, yeah. and he was teaching art at school. Right. Um, and also, yeah. Yeah, I think, and also my mom, yeah, it, it's just in the family, because even my mom, she plays the piano. Mm. Uh, so art, and also they love art in general. Even as children, you know, we would go... Uh, to events or art exhibitions or the theatre with my parents uh, and also I think because it's a big um, a big part of my family um, kind of experience was the fact that they always, in, my parents always involved us as children, mm-hmm. me and my siblings and uh, we would go on holiday uh, but I guess that's probably when people would maybe comment on that because as children we would actually enjoy going to our galleries, <laughs> you know, rather. Ask if you could go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and of yeah. course that was a bit unusual for some of the people that they are not in the arts. Mm. Um, so you thought you were going to be a visual artist? Well, there was definitely a bit, I mean, I went through different stages. You know, as children you've got different things. I didn't even go through a stage where I thought, oh, I'd be a doctor. <laughs> yeah, that, that was never that was gonna so happen. Much yes, yes, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I even go like, oh, maybe at one point I'm gonna be a fashion artist because, mm-hmm. like, I miss the children. I even made a little uh, magazine with my sisters where we drew like different clothes and stuff, you know. And like, you know, so I went through all these stages. I've always been quite an um, active child, what I guess people would call it hyperactive <laughs> yeah which I think then that's why the dance was really helpful yeah. for me was that did that come from your mom did she enroll you or? she did but actually it's supposed I have to thank my grandmother really because um, she kind of she brought me uh, one day uh, my mom's ballet shoes because my mom did ballet as a child mm. but she never really thought of taking me to ballet classes so my grandma just gave me one day the pair my mum's ballet shoes and of course from that day on I start wearing them and I was just kind of prancing around (laughs) the kitchen table and I was so honest I was really really like I had lots of energy um so then that kind of made made my mum realize that maybe dancing was the thing I needed to do also because I was just you know moving to music a lot and we would, you know, even with my sisters, we would have little shows oh. for my parents. And, you know, and the main thing I would do, it would be either the dancing or something, very bad singing. <laughs> but yeah, definitely the dancing or dressing up my little, chi- my little sister. Oh. And, sh- you know, show off some nice clothes made by, you know, tea towels and <laughs> that kind of stuff. So just very creative. Yeah, like, yeah. Needing lots of... Yeah, absolutely. Um, so then you started ballet classes. 
I did. And, uh, you know, that was just, I started quite late, actually, I was 10. So mm -hmm. that's late. Did you discover contemporary when you were a child? I discovered contemporary a lot later, like yeah. when I was 16. Up yeah. to that point, I'd done only ballet and uh, modern dance. So people listening might not know what contemporary dance is. People ask me that and I find it really hard to, to explain. explain. What would you say to somebody who has no idea what the difference between contemporary dance and ballet is? Well, contemporary dance developed from ballet, so it's a later form of artistry, of a dance, um, kind of developed in the modern, postmodern era. Um, and basically just, it was a way to break free from the ballet restrictions. And um, that's why, you know, contemporary dancers usually are barefooted. Um, yeah, it was just a way to basically experience your body and uh, express yourself through movement mm. but in a less restricted and formal yeah yeah because in in ballet there would be like very um strict and particular like yeah you've got vocabulary you've got it work contemporary i mean contemporary dance does have yeah. uh, but within contemporary dance there are so many strands and styles yeah. um so it's really kind of you know it's really it was a way to break free from the structure of ballet, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And the the classes that I've had with you, we've done a lot of it is that kind of feeling the movement from your body mm. and that focus on expression through movement. Yeah. Rather than doing exactly what you tell us. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well there's that one big aspect of contemporary dance is also the um, exploration of uh, own personal movement mm. uh, through maybe guided improvisations and just that awareness of how your body moves mm. and feels mm. and is connected and the different body parts work. Yeah. Um, so you got into that when you were about 16. Just aware that that necklace fiddling and Rita oh. might interfere with that. Oh, <laughs> I should take it off. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. That's sorry. what it is for anybody listening. They kind of look like rosary beads, but... I'm They're not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving swiftly on. Um, so uh, you, you kind of got contempor into contemporary when you were 16. It'd be later, yes. Because right. um, basically when I... I, I, in, oh, I have to explain this quite Yeah, basically... Um, up to that point, I did my A-level in art and design. Oh, right. So actually, I was kind of pursuing that initial idea. Did you of have like, a particular style at that point already? Uh, well, I was going to go and study architecture in university. Oh, wow. So up to that point, I didn't have a, a style as such, because also I was more interested in the design right. uh, element and architecture. Um, and then I was doing the dancing alongside it, which obviously I was very passionate about and I loved it so much. Uh, but as you, when you're growing up, you realise, you have to come to terms with certain things. And one of the things I had to come, I was like, I could never be a ballet dancer because of my physique, because I started too late. Um, so up to see that, that point, I never really took the dancing seriously. No, I did take it seriously, but not to the point that I thought, oh, I'm going to make that my career. So actually, yeah. when I discovered contemporary dance, then a big door opened for yeah, me. I think most people think 
that being a dancer is being a ballet dancer, yes. particularly when you're little, and you're kind of learning that there's different kinds of yeah, yeah. dancing that you can do. Yeah. So then that that kind of made you think about studying to become a dancer is that yeah absolutely and also I must say I was really lucky because I had the support of my family because even now when I go back to my own town in Italy and I say to them what I do they kind of look at me with um, like oh is that job kind of thing like can you actually make a living out of doing that you know so there's still quite closeness about um, yeah, about like what is to be a dancer or a choreographer, mm. uh, or some people still don't know what contemporary dance is, and no. they just struggle with it. So yeah, so of course they would relate mainly, as you were saying, to the ballet. Um, so did your parents know about that scene, or did they just kind of trust that you would... Well, I think once they real <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, um, I think... My parents were, as long as you're, they, they always said to me, you need to finish school, this, do really, so do your A-level and do really well. Yeah. And, um, and, then, uh, and then once you finish, then you can decide what you want to do. I think they secretly did some research and they just see whether, you know, it was actually something I could do. Um, uh, and probably they would have spoken scary. to uh, my teachers, of course they were saying, oh, she's talented, <laughs> could, I was actually good at it. Um, well, that must be scary for parents, I mean, to think that your child is interested in something that you know nothing about, really, and you don't know what the financial situation yeah. is. And aside from the fact that they might get the heart broken, never mind about, you know, yeah. are they going to financially make it work? Yeah, but, but I guess my parents always trusted that we they gave us enough tool to mm. deal with any situation. So even if I didn't manage to make that my living, mm. I could still find the strength within myself. Or I had enough skills and knowledge to then change my career path and do something else. Yeah. And also I think because my dad is an artist and um, and he knows how difficult it is, but yeah, the teaching on his side, and he just loved it so much that, you know, it would have been a bit critical f from him to actually stop me from doing something I really loved. Yeah. Um, so when I had to make my decision at 17, uh, you know, and decide what to do, whether to kind of do the architecture or the dancing, and I said to them, oh, I want to definitely do the dancing, they were quite, you know, they were happy with it, because, Ultimately, they must have understood if I tried to do the other one, I would have not been as happy and fulfilled. Yeah. Um, so they kind of trusted that that was the right choice. Mm. And I remember even when I start, when I moved to the UK to do my formal training, um, it was very difficult for, you know, the first three months, they were really tough, mainly because of the language barrier, because mm. my English was really poor. Mm -hmm. Um, so I hardly understood things um, and I was crying a lot and I was even calling my mum and said oh maybe I need to come back and my mum was like no no way you'll now stay there you give it a good go right. and then after you've really given yourself a chance then if you still feel that you want to come back then you can come back Yeah. and so I'm you, glad I stayed you yeah, know. Yeah I know I remember my first few months in uni kind of yeah. feeling like I'd done the wrong thing yeah. So, but you said um, that your parents gave you the tools 
to be okay no matter what happens. He said that in quite like a casual way, and I'm like, what are the tools? Oh, what are the tools? <laughs> well, I guess the tools are, I guess it's the fact that they always show, show me that they trusted me and they, um, and they supported me in what I was with. That gave me the confidence mm -hmm. in myself. To know that to know always going to be there. Then. Yeah. So I knew even if something went wrong, I can always fall back on them. And, that, and I feel actually I'm quite privileged in that sense because mm. I know a lot of people don't have that network, that support, you know, which I, yeah. I do. Yeah, because it's, it's interesting that I, I think like there's, there's an obvious privilege for people that want to be some kind of artists in the sense that if you're able to like take a risk by not getting a steady job, you know, there's obviously it's because you maybe come from a family that can financially support you, maybe, mm. but actually uh, a, a privilege that I think is um, maybe less kind of talked about or um, less tangible is, is, like you say, the kind of sense that you're, you've got like a stable support network Yeah. that yeah. means that, you know, so I'm, I've never had to move home um, because things have gone horribly wrong, but like knowing that I could. Yeah. Or just knowing that like people are behind me and yeah. they want me to succeed, like I think yeah. that's massive. I, I don't know how anybody manages to go into the arts that doesn't have that kind of emotional and moral support. Absolutely. Because you yeah. definitely, yeah, you definitely need that. And and like you say, the tools to have, you need resilience mm. and persistence. Yeah, absolutely. And that's. And I think for me, it was because I could see that in my dad and what yeah. he was doing. So. You know, the fact that he, you know, he just carried on making his work, even when he didn't have any commission. Um, just, you know, even for a child looking at that, it's like, oh yeah, it's, you know, he's, it doesn't matter. He's still mm. doing what he loves. Yeah. Um, and it must help to have a parent who gets it as well, in the mm, sense that, like, yeah. I'm lucky my, my mum kind of gets, she isn't, she's a music teacher. Yeah. She knows musicians and she's worked with musicians and she knows that something I, I often find is that um, people think that you want to be Ed Sheeran. Oh my god. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> might think that you want to be like whatever that equivalent is, yes. like Wayne Brigger or, or whatever. And it's like, well actually, that's just one version of success that the public see. Yeah. And they're the only people, really, the only choreographers that like people in the world might see would probably be who, like Matthew Bourne. Yeah, Matthew Bourne, Wayne McGregor, yeah. uh, you know, Bausch. Yeah, but like, and, and so most musicians that, like, people who aren't musicians know are like the incredibly commercially successful ones, but there are thousands of musicians yeah, working absolutely. every day, teaching yes. in schools, playing functions, yes. writing, composing for commissions, yeah. like, yeah. that's not what being a musician is no, most of the time, and I find it so helpful to have a parent that knows that, and therefore yeah. doesn't put that pressure on of like, yeah thinking that you're working towards something that you're actually not working towards, you're just yeah. living every day, being happy, making things. Yeah. And there's not that expectation or pressure that like, why aren't you yeah, headlining yeah, Glastonbury? Or yeah, why yeah, aren't yeah, you yeah. at the Royal Opera House? Yes, 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 yes. Whereas I think if, if you have parents who, or family who don't know many artists, they might have that expectation of you and that can cause feelings of failure and anxiety and yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think I come from a quite privileged uh, background in that sense. They have a family that kind of understood what it is to be an artist. 
of course, it will be nice if you become a successful one, you know, where mm. you can make quite a lot of money out of it. But that's not the point. Yeah. You know, you can be an artist and not make much money out of it. Mm. It's a way of living, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's... Um, and even though you might feel, in you know, you have your doubts sometimes, it is very difficult to kind of move away from it if that's what you become you are connected to. And oh, I yeah. and I know in the, you know and I actually and I see that with my father all the time. What um, it couldn't stop. It couldn't stop. Oh my god. Is 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 God is constant flow of creativeness and you know, and also with other friends and colleagues and people I've you know I've, I've encountered in my life. Um, the all the one thing they all have in common is that thing that no matter how you know they can't stop basically. Even the him they have there some low points or quiet quiet moments where maybe they're not so prolific. Uh, that connection to and that need almost to mm. being creative, mm. even if it might be not necessarily within your main art form, but it's that need to still be creative. Well, at least that's definitely true for me anyway yeah yeah uh, yeah i want to talk about the um the other the other like maybe if it's not your main art form yeah um because there are different ways of being creative it doesn't have to be necessarily something that you know you could be creative in your home you know in, in the yeah. kitchen while you're making food yeah. or but it's just about keeping that keep part of you alive yeah it's a, i don't know if you find this it's like it's a, a habit yeah like anything, the more you do it, it's like a muscle, that the more you mm. exercise it, the, the more it needs to be exercised. Absolutely, And yeah. also the stronger it gets. So whether that's then exercised through your main art form or something else, I mean, I've found that with your with dance classes with you. Like yeah. it's just every week a way of being creative that keeps yeah. that kind yeah. of energy yeah. flowing through you. And, um, yeah. So that it also takes the pressure, I don't know if you find this, it takes the pressure off your main art form. Yeah, absolutely, yes, that's so true. Yeah, because yeah. if you yeah. put all of it into that one channel, if that's not working for you one week, one month, one year, oh god, it must feel yeah, good. yeah, it doesn't feel very good, no. and you almost make you know that can bring doubts and yeah, um, yeah just feeling quite down. And yeah, so okay, so let's. Hello, I hope you're enjoying this conversation so far. In the next bit of our chat, we talk about how Anarita choreographs a piece from start to finish. So if you want to know more about contemporary dance, keep listening. I want to go back to what you said about the, the way of life thing mm. and the way of living. Yeah. So um, what is <laughs> the way of living for a choreographer? What does that look like? Because I think a lot of people myself included, will yeah. really know day to day what that means. Mm. So you have to practice as a dancer in order to keep up your choreography because you... Uh, not necessarily. No, no, I think it's different for every choreographer. Mm. They've all got a different way yeah. of dealing with it and keeping themselves connected to the art form. Um, for me, it doesn't have to be necessarily uh, me doing a dance class every day or being in the studio every day uh, because ideas might come to me actually when I'm not in the studio mm. um, maybe while I'm walking or Are you, is that when you're kind of actively looking for ideas or they just come? they just come so you kind of yeah. keep that child yeah absolutely yeah, yeah I think for me all the ideas I've had to all my work uh, unless there were commissions um, 
they've been they've come to me because maybe I was reading something or listening to some music or uh, I don't know went to a scene exhibition or spoke to someone or read an article or I was walking and then something some colors or a building or something capture my yeah. Uh, yeah my attention or just talking to people and really. do you know at the time that that's an idea for your dance or does something just strike you and then later you'll go in the studio and, and yeah. start moving and be like oh that's that idea coming out. Yeah. Well, I think some, what I do usually, if there is something really striking and I, you know, and I see the potential, even if I might not do something about it straight away, maybe I write it down. Okay. So the so idea, I have, a I have a notebook, or even later when I go home, I'll write it down somewhere. Um, and then when I have find the time, or I could even like, I don't even have to be in the studio, I could even do it in a smaller space in the house and like just, and maybe I can try out some ideas related to that. And then see, oh, actually that's true, there's potential that I can look at it. But there are lots of things that go on the list that never make it the yeah. choreography <laughs> bit, so, you know? So what's that second step? Because that's probably the mystery for people that yeah. aren't dancers or choreography. Yeah. Like, say an idea, just give an example of an idea that might have, so like if it's these colours. Yes. What is that next step of trying the ideas out, as you say? What does that look like? Well, it can take different forms, by you. so either you can research more into it. Like I remember once I made something connected to Kandinsky's work, mm. um, and he wrote um, a book where he looks at the relationship of colours. Um, so actually, uh, I was just reading about it and how colors uh, portray certain emotions. Mm. Um, so then I was trying to see, look at how, uh, what kind of gestures or postures mm -hmm. you have when you're experiencing that emotion. So either through my personal experience or through observing other people, I do lots of people watching as well. <laughs> no, in a creepy watching way. Movements. Yes, and the way they hold <laughs> them. Yeah, and how they hold themselves, or how they use their hands when they're talking. Um, yeah, so then that would be my next step. Actually, I would go in then in the studio, and then I'll try out maybe some of those gestures, some of this movement I've been looking at, and or something that's connected to that particular emotion, and then see what that leads me to. But then to aid that, I might find some music that brings that emotion okay. for me, for instance, and I play it in the background while I'm trying out ideas. So I have to basically have um, little tools with me, little, you know, to help me see whether the idea can actually become movement and then eventually choreography. Um, then sometimes I might ask friends to come along and play okay. and just try out the idea with other people. Yeah. Um, do you, do you film yourself when you're doing that? I film myself doing it, yeah. Yeah, when you're working on yourself, which is actually, I think, the hardest thing. Um, so think of a technology in that sense, because uh, at least I can now video myself and um, and I can see what works and what doesn't work. Um, and yeah. how long would that process if it can okay. change, it really varies. There isn't like a time limit, you know what I mean? Because it, it depends also how, how into it you are at the moment, you know, because, you know, the amount of time you maybe go in the studios and you feel actually you, you lack the motivation or 
or you lack the focus that you need. So mm. sometimes you it takes you a little bit of time before you get really so into it, it yeah. to do this. Yeah. So I think it's like any creative process. It doesn't, you know, some of it come really quickly and come really, you know, it flows quite well. But there are other moments where uh, you actually have to work a bit harder for it. Mm. And you have to make it happen. That's why then you need all these extra things like with this music, images. And I'm because I'm such a visual person, images like really are really helpful. Uh, so, you know, like in, for instance, the example I gave the Kandinsky, so I would then literally take with me the pictures of the painting and look at the shapes, look at how the colours work together, and then I would see how can I transfer that into my body. Yeah. Um, do you start off, when you're going into the studio, mm, how do you usually start? What's well, I have to do a little warm-up, yeah. so I do a warm-up, just, get just to get my body, yeah. Um, and just also get acquainted with the space I'm in, because it might not be always the same space. Mm. Do you find that really affects how the process goes? Where you yeah, are? I think yeah it does. Do yeah. you have a favourite place to work? Um, well, I think when I'm working as more gestural stuff, actually I prefer not to be in the dance studio. I prefer to be, you know, in a smaller space. So even maybe my living room that's good enough you know but if I have of course I have to try our larger movements or traveling you know I'll, I'll basically I do need a big space mm -hmm. saying that um, look going back and how you know sometimes I see myself doing the movement so that's just that's a big part of the process you, you before you even try something I usually see it Okay. in my imagination, what it might look like. It's almost like I can imagine me or potential other bodies moving in space and create certain formations or do certain kind of movement. And then I try to recreate that on myself or other dancers in the studio. So okay. actually there's the element of having that image in your head beforehand. That's, yeah, that's kind of not what I would have expected when you're talking about transferring the idea into movement oh, I've dropped the pen <laughs> um, it, um, the idea that there's this kind of visual imaginative yeah I guess uh, it would be a bit like maybe for a musician you mm. might see you already can hear what it would sound like in your yeah. head because yeah. you know what the notes would or a composer that they know what notes make what kind of sounds so you can already almost see the music in front yeah. of you it will be a similar thing how do you know that the thing that you're seeing is not um from another source or that it, it's kind of an image that's in your brain because you already saw it somewhere oh yeah that's a <laughs> difficult one well yeah i think well i think that you do find out that i guess later when you actually try to do it but I never really actually thought about that. I never really... Well, some things, if you can tell if yeah. they've come from someone else. Some things you can, and then in the moment you see those things, you're like, okay, stop, because that's someone else's mm. movement. So you can already go through that kind of elimination process. Yeah. Other times a bit, I mean, is a bit bigger, like you can't really... Um, yeah, it's interesting because actually I remember university, there was a whole module where we were like talking about uh, authenticity and mm -hmm. authentic movement and like um, 
ownership of movement mm. um, and whether it is possible to create something original or something that's already been done before. Um, and I think my answer to that is um, <laughs> that there's gonna be maybe a percentage of whatever thing you do that maybe has been done before. Because all, there are some limitations about what the body can do. Um, and within the limitation, yes, you can be as creative as you want, but the, you know, actually when you go and see dance, you might find that the same move has been used over and over again, but what makes it different is how that's been combined with other things. Yeah, because especially if, if like Western choreographers have all had athletic training, yeah, so and there is a vocabulary of movement. Yeah, it's like Western musicians using a scale, the same scale. Yeah, like there's yeah. only so many notes. Yeah, absolutely, it'll <laughs> yeah. be the same. You know, it's, um, there's only as many movement that you can um, produce, yeah. and then is what makes it different and unique is how you combine them, and. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there might be a thing that while you kind of visualize the movement, there might be a repetition of something you already made. So you can already yeah. do something you've made or before, or something you might see. Um, but then I guess your job is when you go in the studio is to actually identify those and make sure it's as original as possible. Yeah, so is that kind of a, a process of just not Censoring in the moment, letting it out, and then yeah. working with it later. Or? Yeah, I think also the the other thing I do when you, I go in the studio is that thing of just, you know, move and right. you know, and just do as much as I can, uh, you know, obviously yeah. related to what I'm trying to explore, but. And then I only filter afterwards. So yeah. you, it's almost it's much like much easier to filter from like, lots of existence. Yeah. Come up with something. Yeah, then. unless you you have a particular thing that you really 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 want to try, so you do the best as you can to make it work. Um, yeah, if you've got an idea, you like, oh, well, I really want to make sure I can do that. Mm. So then you try to work with the limitations and stuff, and you starting from that point. But it could be a lot, much bigger. It was really project based, so every choreography is different depending on what it is I'm looking at um, and every process is different um, like especially if it's not a solo work it's a group piece mm. um, then I find that a lot of the time I actually take movement coming from the people I'm working with yeah. um, so I guide them I would provide them with a structure I would provide them with um, um, some material to look at to help them find the movement and then maybe they'll come up with something I never thought of mm. and then I use that. Is that kind of common choreographic? Practice? Yeah, the devising, yeah, yeah, I think it is. Because that's what we did on my video skin. Yes. So if anybody's seen that or wants to see it, it's on YouTube. Yes. And we did the choreography for it. Yeah. And there was some that that kind of group bit that we all do together at the end. Yeah. You had prepared. Yes. And you taught it to us. Yes. Um, but then the stuff kind of prior to that was very much in collaboration with with the dancers. With the dancers. Yeah. And um, maybe let's just talk about that process. Then. Yeah. So yeah. Um, the 
this section at the end where we're, we're all in unison. Yeah. How did that come into your head and body? Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a while ago, but yes, I remember. Um, well, I guess the key thing was talking to you before when you asked me to choreograph, and I, I asked you to not only give me the music, but also to have the lyrics written down. Oh, yeah. um, so I can actually, and then also talk to you about your, what your idea behind the song was. Mm -hmm. um, so then a lot of the keywords you said at the time. Uh, I think I remember writing them down, um, and then I look, and then basically I was I was then trying to look for movement, which would kind of match, or or kind of somehow portray some of the things you were saying, um, and then uh, I was listening to the song a lot, so I was listening to kind of also the rhythmicality of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and the words and and then I just I think the way I did it I was actually I did I did first come up with the individual movement that when it's linked with each other yeah um, and also because I want so you had like a, a punch uh, yeah the pan the fists uh, like a pulling our kind of faces uh, hands across our face yes pulling our skin yeah, so there were lots of, uh, you know, elements, obviously, because the song... Yeah, so there were all those kind of, uh, you know, because obviously the the whole thing was about, uh, you know, being within your skin and also the struggle. Mm -hmm. So I tried to find some movement that people could also quite easily associate with. Yeah, because that's quite a literal project, isn't it? It was a quite literal, is... yeah trying to get the message across also quite quickly and be more abstract even though I tend to prefer work that can be read easily from the oh, audience really? yeah I looked I, I prefer people this um, work this a bit more theatrical and that um, come you know where people can actually almost see their movement their behavior in the dancers Oh right. So there is uh, that they can recognize I, themselves. They can recognize themselves. So actually, when I create movement, you know, and I was saying to you, oh, I watch people how they behave. You know, that's quite a big part of the kind of work I create because I do like the audience and especially a non-dance audience, so mm -hmm. people that might not be necessarily used to see dance. Um, yeah, I just want to find a way for them, an easier way for them to connect, to bridge that gap between what is, the, you know, the contemporary dance and, you know, people that never seen it. And I guess the best way, at least for me, is to put on stage movement that people can recognize yeah. because they might use them themselves in everyday life. Yeah. Um, Would you say that's a kind of a, a central thing to your work? I think it is. Yeah. yeah. So what makes your projects, your projects. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because um, I, f I think that is an one thing I love. I, I, you know, I think is important. It's also to reach people they're not necessarily used to go and see that kind of work or yeah. just dance in general. Why do you think it's important? Well, I think I think the arts shouldn't be just for people they're already in the arts yeah. they can I think arts should be something that can be accessed by all sorts of people from any background and 
and and that, well, unfortunately, what I found with contemporary dance, yeah. they can become a bit clicky and they can become almost. You're not scared of it as well. Yeah, absolutely. They're not going to get it. Yes, they're scared of not getting it, yeah. which is a bit like with uh, any abstract kind yeah. of art. Sometimes people, unless they've been told about the concept, they won't get the final product. Mm. And that can happen a lot with contemporary dance. People go and see things and they don't get it because maybe there's such a big complex even mathematical um, concept behind it and unless you're aware of that maybe you can't quite necessarily access what's going mm. on on stage if, especially if you're not able to just take on what he was watching and well, then yeah, cause do, do you think that there is always stuff to get and isn't that quite like an intellectual approach to something that is physical and something that's quite mm. um, primitive and yeah. human movement is not would you agree like not always necessarily to be thought about yes yeah but I think sometimes people when they go and see dance they, well, they go and see anything there's a certain level of expectation and for people they are not so uh, educated with art they'll just have an idea within you know of what they may be looking at and uh, or say so maybe someone is only seen they only you know they only know about what is uh, ballet so they know what the steps or maybe they've seen a lot of hip hop or the all the music videos so they have that idea so if they then put forward as something is a bit different mm -hmm. they'll maybe struggle will understand and again might disappoint and they don't want to go through that process of struggling so I guess what or I they might think there is something to get when there isn't. They might feel excluded, yeah. they, yeah. they might feel like it's an elitist yeah. thing and they're like, get frustrated or, um, I mean, I have kind of then felt embarrassed that I'm like, I didn't get that. And actually, I'm not sure there's always anything to get. Get, yeah, sometimes, it, well, I think there is always a concept behind anything yeah. you go and see. And then is the choice of the artist or choreographer where that to, you know, whether they want the audience to understand that. Most of the time, really, they don't want that, you know? It depends on the kind of art you do. But for me, I kind of want the audience to... I want to facilitate that kind of process. So when they come out, they don't feel necessarily, oh, what was that all about? Right. I just, I want them to feel, okay, I didn't get it all, but I still got some things. And, oh, at least I, they, they, you can, I put a seed in it where they can kind of use their imagination and make up their own stories. Yeah because they might they've been able to recognize something and they can relate to that and that's yeah, and then to their own movement, their own, movement, their own bodies yeah. and that might trigger some emotions or yeah. something whether either if, if it was completely abstract and it was just about showing how what the body can do that's when I think people they are not you know are used to that kind of work yeah. uh, can feel really distant from mm -hmm. it and almost like oh what was that all about you know and yeah. it'd be like when you see a piece of contemporary art and you feel you know they feel like oh why 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 what was that you know yeah and you apart from maybe like seeing okay that's a good example how well the body can I can never do that kind of thing yeah I, I like that I hadn't I hadn't realized that that was because because uh, often I go to um dance and, and what I like about it is seeing 
people do like mad things with their bodies. Yeah. And yeah. I like kind of coming out and being like, we've got the same composite parts, but yeah. I could never do, do that. that. How is that a human yeah, body? Yeah, yeah, and it makes me kind of inspired about just like the body because we're so, a lot of the time, our relationships with our bodies are so um, negative in one way or another, mm. or to do with shame or, or to do with being a right size or rather mm. than just the human body is amazing and can do amazing things and I, I see dancers as like their role in the world is like <laughs> to show us that to be like let's celebrate movement and the body yeah yeah, yeah. what I like That's about that is how like I can't do that do okay but, but I like the idea that your work encourages me to see my my body and my movement yeah in yeah that. yeah absolutely because um, I think also yeah, of course, it's amazing to be able to see how far the body can be stretched, mm. uh, you know, and the amazing things. But also, I think there's a lot of beauty in what, in the everyday movement mm. and what, pe- what people can actually do. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, a, it's a much more kind of um, uh, meaningful thing for people that aren't dancers to experience. Yeah. It's more connected. And it's yeah, I mean, again, it's different for every person, you know. Is very you know, but for me, you know, I sometimes go and see work. There's a bit more upset. I enjoy it because mm. I just love seeing the it's like amazing. Fireworks, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but then I also enjoy work that you know where I can see the storyline. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's just my personal preference. Not to say that one is better than the other. When you talk to people, there and they never seen contemporary dance before, or they don't know much about it. They st- you know that they do tend to struggle and they, they basically when they go and see something that's very abstract they cannot see beyond the fact that this body can move in amazing and unusual oh, yeah. ways yeah. and maybe some pretty patterns on, in the space um, and that's it but they do feel really removed from it mm-hmm. you know where I kind of what I wish for my work is also to create a little bit of a connection emotional connection I feel like that connection I try to create with the audience is not just through the type of movement I choose, but also the, t- the people I pick yeah. and the people I work with because they might see themselves yeah. in them. So I know a lot of people find contemporary dance in particular quite intimidating and think that they don't get it or it's not for them. So I hope that you found that enlightening and that maybe you might give it a try now take a class or just go and see a show. Now I talked to Anarita about how she started drawing again um, after many years of putting her pencils down. I've known her for many years as, as a dance teacher and as a choreographer but she surprised us all um, when she started making some really cool visual art recently. So I'm asking her next about how that process works. Yeah, so you went to, to dance school, dance college, trained as a dancer, mm-hmm. and then got into the choreography. Yeah. Uh, and started teaching and doing this dance artist, dance in the community yeah. stuff. And then, about a year ago... Yeah, exactly, yeah, September draw, last year. Drawing again? I started drawing again. Well, I've, I've drawn, you know, it's not like I, I'm, I stopped drawing from the moment I started dancing. I've always done some drawing in my spare time. But the kind of work I was doing, it was literally just, you know, uh, I don't know, copying a picture or things, or, you know, life drawing kind of stuff. But I, 
for the past, you know, pre, you know, I'd kind of stopped drawing actually for quite a long time. Um, and then last summer, I actually sat next to my father and we started doing some work together. So he was doing his stuff, I was doing a bit of my own drawing. And then all of a sudden, um, I say all of a sudden, even though probably it was not all of a sudden, um, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just came up with this drawing that for me, it really spoke to me. And I was like, oh my God, I finally found my style. Because I think my problem was that no matter what I did, it didn't feel like I did my own style. It felt like it was just a copy of someone. Like what you were saying, you know, it's been done before. Other, you know, it's just me producing a pretty drawing. Right. Oh. Of something. But what makes it yours? What makes it you? Well, I guess it's what makes it me is the fact that I, it's a particular style that combines all the things I love, mm. um, and you know, in nature and the facial expressions, individuality. Um, so the fact that there's these faces hidden in this kind of almost like a garden. Mm. Um, and also all the curves and and that's again the movement which mm. I kind of favor when I move myself. Yeah. I I really rarely do movement is quite straight, you know, like I love curves. <laughs> and there's a lot of curves in my drawings. Um So did did you know, when you kinda of did this drawing with your dad, was it just very much kind of free social yeah, automatic yeah. drawing? Automatic right? drawing. Yeah. I did, you know. And this style starts to emerge yes for the first time for the first time it is but then i must say a few weeks ago i was looking through some of my older drawings we're talking like six seven eight years ago yeah and there's one particular drawing which actually was in the pile of the drawings i hated on my work i hated it was in there uh, it was this drawing where i actually for the concept is there noise develop but basically there's kind of there's some flowers there's some and then there's a face in it yeah so obviously that's been there for a long time yeah. it's just never developed and do you do you have any insights to why what it happened came? it came yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well i guess um the well i mean no on that particular year uh, previous to that I what I did the Camino of Santiago oh, during yeah, the summer the walk. the walk yeah the, so I did this can this um, over five days I walked for hundred kilometers um, so that probably must have had an impact on me because mm -hmm. I, I was in nature yeah. for so long um, and also I was required not to any of my material things because I wanted to travel as light as possible so I literally only had five kilos with me mm. for the whole length of the stay and, and, and you, when you walk you know you actually enter almost this meditative state and I mean I love walking anyway I do that all the time um, in fact that's something I probably do you know even when I'm feeling down that's the thing I do to pick yeah. myself up yeah. again um, and actually a lot of ideas had come from me when I was walking. Um, so you think that... So I wonder if that had something, something yeah. shifted. Um, and I think sometimes, you know, in people's lives things happen and, you know, you go on a journey and sometimes it takes a long time before you get to something and you don't mm. realise and you have to be patient about it. Yeah, so were you kind of um, pushing against, were you, not, not pushing against, were you, were you um, searching for 
Mm. No, not at all. I wasn't. That's the thing. Actually, it was quite the opposite. Because uh, I think a lot of you know my family were like, "Oh, you're so good at it. Maybe you should do some more of it and make." And I was actually always saying, "No, no, no, no. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right." So actually, that's one thing I would say to people: if something doesn't feel right, no matter if what other people say, if it doesn't feel right to you, don't do it. Mm. Uh, when is the right time? It will happen. And that's the pr- yeah. that's just you know. Yeah, but the the flip side of that is that you have to keep your hand in so that when it comes to you, you're ready to manifest it, right? Yes and no, because if you think about it, I wasn't drawing for at least four or five years. I didn't touch a pencil. Really? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Zero. I had quite the opposite. I was totally rejecting it, and then the one day felt okay. Today I fancy doing some doodles. Because you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. And then that came. And then since, do you do you always want to? Yes. And my attitude changed completely because mm-hmm. I found something that I can relate to and it's something that um, I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how often do you draw now? Uh, pff, now a bit less, but I, uh, from the moment I made that first drawing, almost a year ago, I was doing it every day. For how long? Even like all night. Really? Oh yeah, so I go at the night time rather than. Well, because in the day I was working, doing my teaching or my choreography, so that was my spare time. Really? You know. Um, but it was like this, like. Passion. It's that passion, this flow of energy. Oh, they just get home yeah, get do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now that's quieted down a bit, but yeah. you know, but it's still there, and I see does things. That, and does that worry you, or you just think that's natural, a natural kind of? No, I think it's natural. I'm not worried at all. In fact, I think that is I have less pressure with the visual artwork than with my choreographic work because I associate myself uh, with choreography as being my work uh, so I think that automatically brings a lot more pressure and emotional attachment where with the drawing because it started off as a, just something I do for myself for my personal enjoyment and I never thought it would be my work so I'm a lot more relaxed so about free. it. Yeah. I know, but that's like the horrible irony of turning your passion into a job. I know, I know. Sometimes the best stuff, the stuff you come up with um, that you like the most is the stuff that comes in this kind of just free yeah. playing state that, you know, when you have to deliver something to a deadline or when you pin your whole life on it I know. and you start to pin your self-worth to it and you, yeah. you're trying to prove that this is a good idea to your family and yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's not the right conditions to make stuff but then at the same time a bit of pressure a bit of discipline yeah really helps. helps it does it does so have so. you found that the visual art has then um affected your relationship with choreography or not the visual art so much but you kind of finding that play and passion in another part Mm. Yeah, I think so because well, first of all, I've learned more about myself and what I enjoy because it just makes you reflect on things, mm-hmm. you know. Because like when people start asking me questions about the drawings, I had to, you know, and I was trying to explain the story behind it or what my symbolizes to me and stuff. And then I that made me reflect about my practice as a choreographer or a dance artist, um, and then. Uh, I started to discover more things about what I do and what I enjoy. Like even the thing I was saying to you about the curves, it kind of confirmed that that's what I like, you yeah. know, or the the facial expression. It kind of just confirmed a lot of the things that I knew. But sometimes you doubt yourself and you think, you know, 
it just it's just a different way to kind of yeah um self clarify self-evaluate yeah. yeah. and also the other thing that's been quite almost a turning point is that thing that realization that actually you don't have to label yourself as something for your life <laughs> and i think that's that's important in terms of label yourself as a dance artist yes or, or is it a type of or just say that's what i'm capable of doing that's what i'm gonna mean you know actually it's not true i have other skills that actually can come out and when when you less expect it i mean of course i knew i could draw but i never the fact that i would actually eventually get into a point where i would have my own art exhibition or selling work you know that's something you know it just kind of is it shows that you can't never put yourself in a box mm. and actually there is a lot about yourself but you just don't know yet mm. and that to me is quite exciting because so you can take that back to your choreography yeah, and yeah, yeah. notice that you have put limitations on yourself that you may not even have noticed that you did yeah yeah and also i think it's quite normal to go through periods where you you maybe not lose confidence but also you might don't feel so inspired anymore you know because of all the things you were saying earlier where you you know because you made a, your work out of your passion then you might lose a little bit the passion mm-hmm. um and actually i realize you know because now i've got this new energy coming out i can then use a bit of that energy to go bring it back into my own creative you know my choreography as well um so would that be some advice you would give if there were any artists mm, who um feel stuck or feel dull or feel mm, maybe they've run out of steam or yeah. whatever would you advise be do another type of art or I mean, well, it's not like it was something you were trying it wasn't, no it, wasn't it just happened aware of, i think that yeah i think more than looking at the art i think it's just like listen to your instincts and like also try just don't put yourself don't limit yourself to just that one particular thing you do because it's always gonna be guarantee you got other skills there for sure mm-hmm. um and then also that thing not to be so harsh on yourself um because i think actually the one thing that's happened to me the whole year before I started making the drawings, I was doing, going through a lot of self-doubt. And also, um, for a period where actually I kind of didn't enjoy choreographing as much. So I've actually stopped doing a bit of that, unless it was something I had to do because of work, like commission or anything like that. But otherwise, um, and I, you know, and I think because I was getting so wind up with it and like, oh my God, I must produce, I must produce. And I couldn't find that. And it was only the moment when I like, kind of like, like, you know what, fine. Just, it's, you just have to accept it. Right now, that's where you are. And I think that attitude is also what brought this new thing in right. my life. I have this sense there's a connection there. Yeah, because um, you opened yourself. I opened myself to other possibilities. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I mean I did do, even though you might go through that frustration, I tried to remain connected to my main artistry. So whether it was me going to do dance classes, of course I teach, so I couldn't really escape from it. Um, but or go and see other dance shows. So it's kind of keep keep um, keep your hand in, keep yes. connected, but don't 
press yourself yeah yeah absolutely okay. i think that would be a tip i would give yeah. um because i think it's normal to go through these periods where you don't feel so um inspired or motivated mm -hmm. and i think just stay true to your creative nature and if that means go and learn a new skill yeah go and do it yeah because it's about keeping the, the muscle exercise yeah 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 you know and or or just go and do something you enjoy doing yeah. that it might not be related to your art like for me i love walking so i thought okay i'm gonna go and do this hundred kilometers walk yeah so it's not related to dance in a most obvious way you know but yeah, but a lot of the time it's an indirect this this mm. inspiration or um yeah the energy or the flow is is indirect anyway, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it it sounds like kind of what you're saying is is like kind of like being a child again. Because when when you're a child, you you might have certain things that you are more like obviously talented at. But mm. you do everything as a child, right? Yeah. You, do, like, you don't have that you filter. Go, yeah. Sing, yeah. Yeah. You can you do all dance, this stuff. You move like you just every all kinds of creativity children do because they don't have that adult kind of pressure or yeah. self-criticism or self-doubt and then as you get older you kind of pick the thing that you're best at yeah. to get that creativity out whereas actually creativity is just a, a, a way of being it's just a yeah. state that we yeah. all have from children but when we make it our job we kind of shove it into this one yeah. outlet that then if that gets blocked or tired or whatever have to find another way to let it breathe yeah absolutely yeah i think so that's why you're yeah. being good at it i mean you're lucky that you're also very good at the visual art but i wonder whether like it's good to kind of do something and not good i mean it's why i enjoy dance yeah <laughs> it's like yeah, you're quite good at dance i'm okay but i mean yeah. like relative to people that you know i could never have been a dancer but that doesn't mean just because you're an adult you can't do it anymore. no absolutely no? And, not. and do it not because you you want to have an outcome or result, mm. but just because it feels good and it's creative and it's fun yeah. and it's yeah. okay to be a bit shit. Like Absolutely, yeah, and also I think that's the other problem that as artists we have. We compare ourselves to mm. other artists, or in particular, we compare ourselves to the artists that are very successful. And in a way, it can be good because it can strive. It help us, to, you know, strive to get to the ultimate goal of whatever that success is. But again, that is is it the flip side. It can bring a lot of, um, you know, pain and like you know insecurities because especially if you're struggling to to get there. And I think it's that thing of like accepting that you're not that person you're never gonna be the other person you're comparing yourself to uh, and you should actually embrace who you are and actually spend that energy focus instead of looking at someone else and looking at you, what your qualities are what are your strengths mm -hmm. what is it that make you know like when i know that i'm a good i'm good with people i'm, I'm good at bringing people together that's why i do the community dance um uh, um, I'm quite, you know, I know I've got, you know, skills like I'm quite good at finding uh, tasks that would help people yeah. to move and feel confident in themselves. So I should just focus on my strengths yeah. and use them as a starting point to then develop other things. Yeah. Um, so I think the moment you stop kind of looking at others, mm -hmm. it's like, I want to beat that person. You can never beat that person. It's just yeah. impossible. 
yeah, and also they're probably as successful as they are because they know themselves and they know what mm. their um, USP, for want of a more artistic phrase, like unique, yes. unique sales potential, or unique selling point, or something like that. Yeah, unique like, selling what, point. What is it that like yeah. makes them who they are? Yeah, and then they they go for that and they do it hard and they like yeah. listen and yeah. they have good instincts. Yeah. And, um, so actually, looking out to other people is the opposite of ever standing a chance of being as successful as that yeah because you can can be inspired by other people Mm. but I think it's important you find what is your strength what is it that you are trying to say and I mean it can be a a really long process and it might take ages until you realise that Mm. Um, yeah it can take a really long time until you actually start to finally pinpoint Mm. why you're doing what you're doing and you only, I think you only do it, you only get there through trial and error as well. I think the idea yeah. of kind of sitting around and thinking about it, it's probably not going to happen. You have mm-hmm. to get stuck in and make things. Yeah. And make things that don't quite satisfy you. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and then use that to find out mm. what it is that is your point yeah. or whatever. Yeah. You know, you can always be very self-critical. I mean, I look back at some of the work I made years ago and I'm like oh my god I would do them if I could do them now I'd do them maybe differently but that's just because you evolve and as you change you yeah. also see things. Yeah but you had to do that work mm. to get to where you are now so yeah. it's really unfair on yourself to then criticise that know, for I know. you because it's like well, yeah. that, that um, not mistake but that um, thing that didn't quite satisfy you is mm. what brought you to then being a stronger mm. artist. So. Yeah so I think it's that thing of enjoying the journey even though it might be sometimes a bit stressful and yeah. that thing to be not so harsh on yourself yeah. and even to embrace the low times the low points <laughs> and which is difficult yeah. is really difficult to say embrace them in what way well just you know in like what i was saying to you like okay i this is a phase i'm going through mm-hmm. is not the ultimate thing that's going to happen to me it's just part of the process it's like mm-hmm. that thing you were saying you know maybe I need to go through this to be able to find my new, my next move, right. you know. Um, so don't fight it. Don't fight it. And, uh, and then be nice to yourself. Yeah. You know, do things you enjoy doing, even though they might not be connected to your artistry. Maybe it doesn't matter, because if they make you feel good, then that will help you to go through the low point. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even, you know, when I, I've experienced that, even simple things like, okay, I'm going to go uh, for a swim, you know, yeah. I'm going to go and have a massage, or I'm going to actually spend some time with my family. I'm going to allow myself to do absolutely nothing, you know, because that thing of having to be disciplined and work and be active and be uh, pro- um, always producing something that's something also this society is telling us we should be doing all the time and actually I think a big part of creative personality of creative people is also to have the rest time yeah what do they call it the fallow period yeah I don't know much about farming no. but it's the letting the land lie yeah you can't always be working the land yeah you have absolutely. to let it lie yeah and I think when I start to realize that then you become to be be less harsh on yourself so that's you know maybe that's what it is the whole thing of embracing those moments that thing okay it's that part of the process where everything needs to settle to be quiet and then something will come up yeah yeah maybe that's why i find you so relaxing oh thank you i think we should leave it there because i think that's really nice advice for people oh thank you um 
And can you tell us, before we finish, where we can find your work? Yes. Uh, you can see Anarita dancing in my music video called Emma. Emma, that's true, that dancing, was a while ago. She also choreographed. Yes. And then also the video Skin, Skin. of mine, which you choreographed, yeah. not featuring in. Um, is they're both on YouTube. Yes. What else? What else? Uh, you can visit my website, uh, which is matsillydancetheatre.com, or Facebook, Twitter, so just mm -hmm. Matsilly Dance Theatre. And where we find your art? Where well? you'll, you'll be able to find my art as well, or through my website, or you just look for Matsilly Art mm -hmm. and you find me. And you're on Instagram too. I'm on Instagram too. Great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you to Anarita for talking to me. Thank you to you for listening to this episode. And thank you to Greenwood Side for the help and for hosting the podcast. You can keep in touch with me on social media if you like. I am at Maz O'Connor on Twitter and at Maz O'Connor Music on Instagram and Facebook. And I'm going on tour soon. I'm coming to London, Bath, Birmingham, Cambridge, Barrow, Sheffield, Cardiff, Milton Keynes and Walton-on-Thames and more information can be found on my website mazoconnor.com The music that you've heard today is an instrumental version of Bones from my new album Chosen Daughter which is out now! Thank you! Bye!